This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. Translators of many English Bibles put poison tricks into their translations in order to disconnect the English name Jesus from the Hebrew Yeshua. But Keith Johnson is going to change all of that by revealing the Bethlehem birth certificate that forever solidifies Yeshua's name with his mission as Messiah. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalom, Torah fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. The changes are subtle, but if you're looking for them, you'll see what's going on. In an effort to separate the Jewishness from Jesus, translators over the centuries have twisted scripture to make us misunderstand where Yeshua's name comes from. We're going to fix that tonight with Keith Johnson because this is a very special week on the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. There you have it right there. This is the week that the wise men did come to visit Yeshua, who was a 14-month-old toddler by the time they arrived. Okay, get that straight, which is also during the time of Hanukkah, and a happy Hanukkah indeed to my co-host Tiffany Panaccio and Keith Johnson. Mm -hmm. Keith, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe this. This just arrived. This is what I call the big book. In 1853, the first time that the English Bible was ever translated for Jews in America was from a man named Isaac Leeser. In 1853, he took the, t uh, the, the, the Hebrew manuscripts, all of the German scholarship, and he said, you know, it doesn't make sense that Jews in America only have the King James Version. So he did a translation based on the Masoretic text. And I'm not gonna overwhelm everyone too much, but within this book confirms what we taught during the series about the name of Yeshua. In this book, it's the first English translation I've ever found where he puts it clear, clear in the Tanakh, what his name means by ministry and message. And I have this book, huh. right? I can't wait to show this to Michael. This is this, this, this book right here. Um, this is called, you know, my friend of mine said, why is it called the Holy Bible? There's no New Testament in it. Because guess what? <laughs> that is the word. Yeshua oh, is based on, that is Yeshua the right first there. translation in America from Hebrew into English for the Jewish community, Isaac Leeser did it. And I have the book here. I call it the big book. Uh, and in here, it explains the name and ministry of the ministry of uh, the name of Yeshua, language, history, and context. If you can believe it, that is so cool, <laughs> unbelievable. And it's in the it's in the series. So people watch the series; it's amazing. But uh, more than that, I want people. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to bring this book into some future programs. And the only way the future programs are going to work or happen is for people to support a rude awakening. There, they have come up with so many things, Scott, for this next year. I'm overwhelmed, but I'm excited about it. But it's not going to happen if people don't get on board. I'm on board. That's right. I'm 100% on board. Are you on board? Yes, absolutely. Are you on board? I'm on board. <laughs> Michael, are you on board? He's on board. Ted, are you on board? Yes, sir. We're all here. We're on board. I mean, let's do this together. Let's make <laughs> yeah. this the biggest month of support ARA has ever seen. 
Yeah. I'm dead serious. Let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, when, when things when things come down in the world, you know, absolutely. we believers rise up. Absolutely. Yes. And so that's why, yeah, I have no doubt that this will be a fabulous uh, month for A Rude Awakening International, yes, which means it's going to be fabulous next year. Absolutely. Because that's what we do here. We plan in 2022 for 2023. So you've heard us talk about this for a couple of weeks. If you're still wondering about it, please donate now. This is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, you're not scrambling December 31st or something like that. And yes. these are on your accountant too, right? So <laughs> like we say, you can either give this to the government or give this to a ministry that's going to do something with it. We're going to do something with it. And in fact, Keith, we're so appreciative of what you do for this ministry. Uh, and you know, you even have a ministry of your own, but you decided to come and give us something on Sundays, yeah. which was great. It was all about Jonah. Yeah. And if folks haven't seen it, I encourage you, there's a, the link on the bottom of the screen if you want to go see yes. it. But you have something more that yeah, you're doing you this. Here. First of all, A Rude Awakening, uh, the production group, the whole group came together and we put this thing on YouTube. And I think we had saw an increase of people that have been watching on YouTube, not only through that, but a number of things that are going on. Uh, it's amazing, we just finished that series. We're doing the Let's Climb the Mountain Together, yes. Saudi Arabia on YouTube. It's so cool. But on Christmas Day, we have a gift. <laughs> a oh, Christmas really? special. <laughs> a Christmas special, very short, people get it. We got Hanukkah going on, Michael's teaching with Hanukkah. We got the Christmas special, there's no excuse. People can share with family, share with friends the truth the information that's coming out out of this ministry is absolutely overwhelming. So this Sunday at one o'clock, a Christmas special happens to be on Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, gee, just <laughs> happened. I mean, it's kind of a coincidence. We didn't plan that at yeah, all. we didn't plan that at all. But again, you know, we've got some days until the end of the year. I, I don't mind saying this. I, my ministry, we are 100% behind what happens here. Because what's happening here is changing people's lives at a radical level, and it will continue to happen if people stay on board with us. Yep, and speaking of changing lives, so I'm gonna ask you about Hanukkah in a second, <laughs> Tiffany, but the, I'm just really proud of you, Keith. You've been really changed. I mean, if folks can see, look at Keith's face really careful right now, and then watch this, watch the teaching, because we did the teaching before Keith and I started doing something together. <laughs> you're gonna compare and and I, and I, But you're, you've done so well, man, I'm just really proud yeah, of you. Well, I wanna say, my, uh, again, uh, Scott, what you what you did was you you let me in behind the scenes to see what's going on, and it's it really has changed. People can actually go and get a free consult yeah, like you did, like yep, you and your, your you and your son did, and I think even your administrator did, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so absolutely. yeah, absolutely. But anyways, well, thank you. I'm proud to be a part of your life, man. <laughs> All right, now, Tiffany, Hanukkah. Yes. We, we explained last week how you, uh, you had encountered Yeshua from Jesus, and it took a while. Of course, it always takes us a while, mm-hmm. right? So now you have little kids. Yes, I do. So have they, <laughs> they've obviously never known a Christmas. Right? Um, no. So what do you do? You've been doing Hanukkah. You've been doing Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the big question is, okay, how do you orchestrate this? Because, you know, we all struggled this when, when we had little kids. Uh, Keith, were your kids little too at the time? Yeah, boy, it was a crisis when I came home from being yeah. with Michael 20 yeah. years oh, ago. Yeah. When I told him no more Christmas. Like, what are you talking about? No more Christmas. No more Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was a radical <laughs> shift. I mean, you, you know, you have an encounter with Michael and the ARA, things change. And yep. it changed pretty radical right. for me. So for my daughter, she had experienced a few Christmases. And then we gradually got out of it like we did a manger instead of a tree. And then the next year, we kind of... <laughs> Gonna ease out of it. But, but, but my son, he'd never known a Christmas. So yeah. your little kids are little, so yeah. they you, they celebrate Hanukkah. Yes. What do you do when you go to a relative's place where obviously they're bringing you over for Christmas dinner? I mean, what do you do? Well, actually, it's, I mean, we're very blessed. Our Catholic family comes over to our house to celebrate Hanukkah with us. Really? Mm-hmm. And they even come over for Passover. So I don't, we, I explained to them, you know, we love our family, so we're going to go, you know, when we do get invited, 
we're going to be respectful. If someone gives you something, you say thank you. And they have this boldness. I think this new gen, you know, this young generation is coming up with this boldness. They go to school and they brag. They say, well, you do Christmas, but I do Hanukkah for eight days. So <laughs> you get one day, I get eight. Yeah. Exactly. And we really focus on the rededication part of it. So yeah. our Hanukkah in our home, we try to rededicate our worship for one day. We rededicate our prayer life for oh, one day. We cool. rededicate. Yeah. So we do um, like a focus each day and rededicate a different part of our faith yeah. to the Lord. And we um, just try to do it. See, that I bet you people didn't expect to re- <laughs> learn that on Shabbat night live, <laughs> how to teach your kids Hanukkah properly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, awesome. That's great. That's good. Tiffany. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. So there's the proper way to do Hanukkah. Now you're gonna find out the proper way to what to do with Yeshua's name next <laughs> because your English Bible is playing a trick on you about Yeshua's name, but Keith Johnson is going to change all of that by revealing the Bethlehem birth certificate that forever solidifies Yeshua's name with his mission as Messiah. And we're going to commemorate part of Yeshua's mission in just a few minutes with the Kiddush. So go ahead and get your bread and wine. See you back here. Where do we get the name Christ from? And does the definition of the word suggest that there are other Christs than Yeshua? In English, he is the Christ. In Greek, Christos. And in Hebrew, Messiah. We should know there's a connection between English Christ, Greek Christos, and Hebrew Mashiach, which is then in English, Messiah. The Christ Controversy with Keith Johnson takes us on a journey over thousands of years to explore the intriguing history of priests, prophets, kings, queens, and the mysterious ceremony of anointing. The Christ Controversy with Keith Johnson is our gift to thank you for supporting A Rude Awakening International. When you donate $50 to this ministry in December, we'll send you The Christ Controversy with Keith Johnson on DVD or Blu-ray. Donate $100 and we'll send you two gifts, The Christ Controversy with Keith Johnson, plus a custom license plate exclusive to A Rude Awakening International bearing the Hebrew name of Yehovah. Donate $300 and we'll send you three gifts. The Christ Controversy, the name of Yehovah license plate, and this 3D glass artwork featuring an image of the second temple, complete with a wooden base inscribed with Habakkuk 2.20. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Get these exclusive thank you gifts when you make a donation to support A Rood Awakening International in December. Call 888-766-3610 or get your gifts online with a donation at monthlylovegift.com. When Yeshua fed the 5,000 with 11 barley loaves in the Galilee, the Pharisees came down on him because they accused him that he and his disciples did not wash their hands before they ate bread. They did not wash their hands with a negel vesser and say this prayer 
Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctified us by your commandments, commanding us concerning the washing of hands. Why didn't Yeshua do that? Why didn't his disciples follow that? Because it is takanot. It is a law which they invented, and Moses said no one is ever allowed to add to or subtract from. But the night of the Last Supper, Yeshua took bread and he put in place a rehearsal that was really put in place by the Kohen Gadol, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek himself brought forth bread and wine to Abraham, and Yeshua interpreted that very thing. Barukata Yehovah Elohim Melech Ha'olam Hamotzi Lechem Miharetz. This is what Yeshua put in place, that before we eat bread, that we say this prayer. And as often as we do this, we do it in remembrance of him because his broken body was broken for us and by his stripes, we were healed. So as often as we do this, as often we do it in remembrance of him. And Yeshua took the cup and he said, Barukata Yehovah Elohim Malachalam, Beret pre Hagafen. The creator of the fruit of the vine, Yehovah, created the fruit of the vine. He said, This represents the renewed covenant in my blood. As often as you do this, do this. Remember me. And remember, I will be drinking this with you at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Shabbat Shalom. Well, if you saw last week's episode, wasn't that eye-opening? So we have Jesus of the New Testament, we have Joshua of the Old Testament, and then sometimes there's confusion between the two, and then there's this sinister reason for separating the two, and uh, Keith Johnson, we're gonna get back into it this week <laughs> with these translator tricks, and yeah. I guess the big question is, why did they do that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what's I mean, the I think purpose? What, I, what I'm hoping is, is that as people who are watching this, Scott, they're gonna be able to come to their own conclusions. You know, I, 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 one of the things I've learned is um, knowing the question is sometimes more important than trying to push the answer. Hmm, okay. If you know what the question is, the answer becomes something that makes a little bit more sense. Oftentimes people go to the end of the matter and they say, well, the answer is this, and well, what was the question? So what we're gonna do, again, I shared the two keys. The first yes. mm -hmm. question, which was, uh, who was he named after? No, I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but I mean, I, I, I'd feel better if they just said Jesus Jr. At least you'd know Jr. of who, right? Where did he get the name from? Yeah. But the second one is why I can deal with this issue of translators' tricks. It's the question, what does the name, and I'm going to put Jesus, italis, uh, italicized, what does the name Jesus mean? And you know, I've noticed something, Scott. A lot of people... Um, and, they, and they have good intentions. They make, a, they make an answer to that without kind of really grabbing it completely. And I gotta tell you, this was the part that I was excited about. Again, in, in the book in the back, it says, what, does, uh, what about the name Jesus? I was able to write about that. But for this series, I was able to go even further. So can, mm. we, can yes, we go a little please. bit further? What does the name Jesus mean? Now, translators of many English Bibles employ some tricks into their translations in order to disconnect the English name Jesus from the Hebrew original. 
and they do that on purpose. I think a lot of it has to do with the theological gymnastics, the historic historicity of church issues and schisms. And I mean, there's a bunch of things that we could go into if we had time, but we're not going to do that. We're going to stick to the name Jesus and how that name has been disconnected. Would you go to, again to English Matthew chapter 1, verse 21? And this is really um, what I get excited about because we're going to get a chance to, to as I mentioned earlier, uh, go to his birth certificate. So yes. Matthew chapter 121 should be the birth certificate in English. Would you read 121 for us? And please, if there are any notes, read those for us. Okay. So she, being Miriam or Mary, uh, will give birth to a son, and you must name him Jesus. Stop. Is there mm -hmm. anything around the word Jesus? No, there, there's a note after the word save later okay, on. Okay, so go ahead. Okay. You must name him Jesus because he is the one who is to save, footnote, his people from their sins. Now stop. Here's what, here's what I want to, <laughs> I got to throw one of my professors under the, under the bus at seminary. Uh, when I was in seminary, I went there, again, I'm newly, I'm, I, I, 14, 15, I become a Christian, you know, age 30, I'm going to seminary, I don't have all that church history and stuff back, so I was eating everything up. I was, everything they taught, I was there three and a half years, it was amazing. But I remember still to this day, one of my uh, professors in my Greek class getting up and making an argument for how the Greek word that's connected to the Greek Jesus matches. And even back then I said, this doesn't quite sound right. Because his point was, look, you will name him Jesus because, in other words, here it is. His name is Jesus because he will save. And so if you ask people, what does his name mean? They'll say, save, our salvation. Sure, even right? in English I've heard people say that. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Now, your note, now read the note for us. So the note says, uh, Jesus, Hebrew, Yehoshua, in parentheses, as Amen. we discovered last week, Amen. Right? means Yahweh, how this Bible puts it, saves. <laughs> okay. Yahweh saves. That's not bad. I mean, that's not bad. At least that's they're giving good. you something yeah. to look into, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully people will do this. Now imagine, I've got my study Bible now. Again, little book, big book, I got the study Bible. Harper study Bible. I think this verse is the most important verse in the New Testament in terms of understanding the name Jesus, this verse. Okay. So imagine me, I'm new, I've got my new Bible, 121. Here's what it says. And uh, she, will give, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. There is no note in a study Bible. There's absolutely no note. Now, if I were to go to the NIV, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this, but hey, what would Michael do? <laughs> He's getting in trouble. I call the NIV the nearly inspired version. Oh, I was going to say the, the non-intelligent version. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nicer. It's a nearly inspired version. And sometimes they do things that are pretty cool because what they're trying to do is they're kind of like back to Wycliffe and, and, and back to Tyndale. Hey, listen, you know, we need the language to be in a language that people understand. So what they tried to do is use good scholarship uh, to put it in a language that was more of a modern language. So we're not reading F as S, mm -hmm. et cetera, Old English, Middle English. They're, they're basically saying, I remember the first time the NIV came out, I loved it. Mm -hmm. I got that Bible, man, I, I beat that Bible up. 
Well, I remember, you remember me talking about the, the Mennonite high school I went to? Yeah. That was the standard version you had to have for Bible class. Okay, was the NIV. The NIV. Yeah. And, and I, I will just say something. The reason I call it the nearly inspired version now is because some of the tricks they do in that, <laughs> that translation are just, they make me bang my head. In fact, let me just stop and tell you, tell you something. Um, Michael and, and Ted and, uh, and Alil and you and everybody gave me an opportunity to come in and do a series um, that we call a deep dive Bible study into the book of Jonah. And what we were able to do, we just went in one chapter. I think there's seven episodes that are available right now. We're going to put them everywhere. But what that allowed me to do was to bring people behind and how the Hebrew language works. And using the book of Jonah, which is called Easy Hebrew, we're able to go through verse by verse by verse, give people language, history, and context. And I am so excited because we also give people access to a biblical Hebrew audio course for, drum roll please, F-R-E-E. I, I got so frustrated, <laughs> Scott. When people attack ARA for putting up a love gift or putting up something, it, look, I, I'm looking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine people I've seen in the studio since I've come in here. All of these people have families, they have lives, they pay rent. You can't, you guys, are, this is free. What we're doing right now goes out to the world. But you gotta have support. You gotta have people uh, that are behind it. So anyway, I just, I, I wanna say again, that's another one where we're putting it up, up for free, but giving people this information. The NIV sometimes does it, uh, these tricks. And in doing these tricks, it can confuse you. So I have a note from the NIV and I want to uh, just read it to you. If you're reading the nearly inspired, I'm sorry, the New International Version, <laughs> it will say, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus and there will be an asterisk, a note, because he will save his people from their sins. Here's what the note says. Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua. They said it. Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Now, yeah, kind of. Uh, there's four or five things they say in there <laughs> right off. First of all, Jesus is not a Greek form. Yeah. Yesu is a Greek form. But okay. I get okay. that. I'll give them that one. It's the Greek form of Joshua. Uh, that's in English, okay. Which means L O R D save. But we know Lord is not his name. <laughs> but that's the nearly inspired version. There's no note in my, in my study Bible, but you do have one in yours. Um, English Matthew, let's go to the uh, 1611 version uh, of the King James, which some people are King James only people. Can I just show you the 611, 16, I'm sorry, the 1611 version? What it says is Matthew chapter one, verse 21, and he, he shall bring, and she shall bring forth, that, there's that F, which is S, mm -hmm. she shall bring forth a son, and look at the little asterisk, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save, there's the F and S, his people from their sins. And the only note it gives you is Luke chapter one, verse 31. So here's what I did. I decided, Scott, mm -hmm. I wonder if there's a, a birth certificate somewhere. Oh, you spoke of this last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I said to myself, I wonder if there's a birth certificate somewhere. And I found one. 
I went online. No, listen. First, I go online, and I'm looking for the birth certificate. It's amazing. There's a thing called the internet. You can Google just about anything now. You go online, and you can Google, and this is what people do. Birth certificate of Jesus. I found one. Wow. No, I'm telling you. Well, if it's on the internet, it must be true. <laughs> Number one. Here's the birth certificate I found. Can you please put it up, uh, you all? I want to show Scott this birth certificate. It says, the royal lineage of King David birth certificate that certifies that Jesus, say Jesus. Jesus. Was born in the year 4 BC in a stable in the Bethlehem of Judea. Name of the human mother, Mary. Residence, Nazareth. Name of the divine father, God. Okay. And I thought to myself, boy, oh boy, that's as good as they can do. So what I decided is... Look, it's certified by the Holy Spirit, too. (laughs) (laughs) I found... (laughs) You had to do that, didn't you? Golly. (laughs) I found, and I want to stop and say thank you to Michael. Like I said, it's not always the answer. It's the question. You ask a good question, you can get a lot of answers. So Michael asked this question. You all have seen this. We've done everything you can imagine around this. We asked the question. Nehemiah goes and finds the Hebrew Gospel of Matthew. Come to find out that in the Hebrew Gospel of Matthew, there is a Bethlehem, I call it the Bethlehem birth certificate. And by the way, I brought it. Oh, okay. I've got it down here. Actually, this is up on my wall in my office. I look at it almost every day, the Bethlehem birth certificate. Okay. I have it. This is it. I want you to hold this up with me, Scott. This is... The Bethlehem birth certificate. Because within this Hebrew manuscript, we find his name. We find the meaning of his name. And in fact, let me do this real quick. I want to put up, this, 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 is, my, this is my copy. Now, let me just say something right now. I called, a, I called the administrator ahead of time. I said, hey, um, maybe I should make this like as a love gift or something like that, you know? And, and then she said, you know, we don't have that many. We, we've run out of, there's, you know, 50, 60 of these things. I've called Nehemiah's ministry. They're not going to re, um, they're not going to re, uh, uh, print them. Um, but this has been an amazing opening into the meaning of the name of the one that we call Jesus. Now, let me just underline real quick where we find this. And what that says is, this is the angel speaking, and you shall call his name Yeshua. You see those two little lines mm-hmm. over it? There's only two times in the manuscripts that we see the spelling Yeshua. Otherwise, what we normally see is Yud Shin Vav. Now, we're going to get into that in just a second. You shall call his name Yeshua because he, and, and Scott, uh, you're going to end up saying this word with me, Yoshia. You shall call his name Yeshua for he, Yoshia. Say Yoshia. Yoshia. This is so clear. It is so obvious. A professor doesn't have to stand up and try to convince you how the connection of Yeshua is connected to his mission and his ministry to Yoshia. Mm -hmm. His name is Yeshua because he will Yoshia. Now, here's what we're going to do. The word Yeshua in its shortened form of Yehovah saves. Uh, that means Yehovah will save or deliver or help. Um, and actually, I, I forgot to say this. There are actually two manuscripts of the 28 where the full spelling of Yehoshua, just like you find mm-hmm. in Numbers 13, that, that actually Nehemiah has found manuscripts where two of them put the full spelling. So if you're reading in mm-hmm. Hebrew, 
you would see yud hey vav sheen ayin, you would know that that is the same one as Numbers chapter 13, 8. So I want to read something, and I, I'll tell you what we're doing. We, at BFA International and at uh, Nehemiah's Wall, we have this poster available with this little booklet. It's really cool, but it's limited. There's not many left. I want to go to page six of this booklet. It's called The Naming of Jesus in Hebrew Matthew by Nehemiah Gordon. Now, he did this before he was Dr. Nehemiah Gordon. Now he's Dr. Nehemiah Gordon, and I want to go to page six. This is so absolutely amazing to me. Here we go. Because people ask the question, is, why is the name Yeshua, Yehoshua? What is this Yeshu thing? There's a big controversy about the later uh, people trying to make his name a curse. Oh, with Yeshu? Yeah, with Yeshu. Okay. Nehemiah does a phenomenal job. Nehemiah, if you're watching, now you don't watch our stuff, but you're going to be glad that I did this. Number, here's what it says. In the first century, Yeshua was a common Jewish name. And as a result, it appears on numerous ossuaries, sometimes written as Yeshu. One bone box, now look, for those who don't know what the bone uh, ossuary is, so they, after the person would die, uh, they would wait for about a year or so until they would, you know, decompose. They would take their bones and they would put them in a box. And outside the box, they would write on the box their name, the name of. Is this that what person. is that what it means to be gathered to his people? <laughs> or is that one of their? I don't no, literally. Like is it? it? Is no. That, no. Okay. Okay. Think, no. But no. So 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 they would take the bones, put them in this box, and then they'd identify the box. And sometimes you'd have family plots. Well, this was one, the one from Matayaku. This is Matthew, and this was for Johanna. Johanna, this is John, and, and, and et cetera. But anyways, it says this. One of the bone box, this is pretty cool. One of the bone box identifies the person buried within as Yeshua, son of Joseph. And on the side of the same box, his name appears a second time as Yeshu. While these bone boxes have nothing to do with Jesus of Nazareth, let me say it again, this has nothing to do with Jesus, Yeshua, of Nazareth, they proved that, if anything, it shows that the name Yeshua uh, and the name Yosef were very common names. Hmm. Okay. And Yeshu would be like saying, uh, if you had a person named Charles, Charlie, and Chuck. His name is Charles, we call him Charlie, and they call him Chuck. Yehoshua, Yeshua, and Yeshu. Hmm. Okay. okay. Now, it was just a shortened form of Yeshua known in the first century. Not a curse, but as a nickname like Mike for Michael or Jim for James. The Greek name Jesus and the English Jesus both come from the shortened form of the Hebrew name, drum roll please, Yeshu, and not directly from the original form of the name Yeshua. Now here's the controversy. While the produced passage preserves the original form of Yeshua's name, the rest of Hebrew Matthew has a shortened form of his name, which is Yeshu. Today, say today, today, it is commonly believed that the rabbis invented the form Yeshu to replace the name Yeshua. Many Jews erroneously think Yeshu is an acronym for the Hebrew words Yimach Shemo Vezichro. May his name and memory be blotted out. However, please say however, however, this negative interpretation of the name Yeshu was not known in the first century as can be seen from ancient ossuaries. Now, he mm -hmm. also puts a note here. 
L.Y. Romani, a catalog of Jewish ossuaries in the collections of the State of Israel, Israel Antiquities Authority. I love Nehemiah. He does such a great job. And just watch the video of him getting his doctorate over at um, uh, Bar-Ilan University in Israel. Um, we're actually doing a shift even with Hebrew Gospel Pearls where we're saying study with Dr. Nehemiah Gordon. He's a, he's, a, he's a walking encyclopedia. I don't know what you'd call. But what he's showing here is that the word yeshu, though it's now used in the context of a curse, in the first century, if you called someone yeshu, you didn't think about a curse. In fact, this would be what we find in the Hebrew Gospel of Matthew, except for twice. Yeshu, yeshu, yeshu. Yeah, no one thought of that as a negative thing. Now, let me just say this real quick. This is not a sales pitch. I think we got 50, 60 of these things left. If people want a poster in the little booklet, go to bfainternational.com and you can get it. Go to Nehemiah's wall, to the store, but it is limited. We're at the mm. end of this. But I call this, thanks to Michael and Nehemiah, uh, the Bethlehem birth certificate because it shows in no uncertain terms. Here's his name, Yeshua. Here's what it means. Mm. He will save who? <laughs> that's where it gets exciting. That's the important thing that we go back to the original context and language mm -hmm. because that doesn't happen in Greek. That doesn't happen in Latin. It doesn't happen in English. It's mm -hmm. Yeshua, Yeshia. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, 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 no other language does it. No. It does, oh, oh, this is really controversial. <laughs> the Aramaic doesn't even do it. Oh, really? No. Huh. Just in Hebrew. <laughs> wow. Now, if I were to do, if, if they were to ever invite me uh, into a, a translation, I have my own translation. I don't know if you know this. It's KJV. I got the KJV. <laughs> called the Keith Johnson version. The Keith Johnson version, if they had me be on the translation committee and they said, here's the note from Matthew 121, can I read to you what I would put in my translation? Please. I would say with a note. Actually, Jesus is the anglicized form of the Greek form Jesus. And then I'd explain to people, the S at the end of Jesus is the determination of it being a masculine form. In other words, in Greek, Jesus, 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 if they add the S, it just means it's the masculine in certain sentences grammar. So I would say Jesus is the, let me should slow down. Jesus is the anglicized form of the Greek form Jesus, the S determines the masculine form. Jesus is the transliterated form of the Hebrew name Yeshu, which is the shortened form of Yeshua, which is the shortened form of Yehoshua, which means Yehovah will save. This means that the name Jesus today is at least four steps removed from the original. Now do you see why I get so like mm. hyped about this? I mean, I get like, I'm like, I'm like, is this, is this normal? I mean, I mean should I be? That's incredible. Excited? I mean, well, it's four steps removed. Jesus is four steps removed from the original. So, okay, that's an interesting topic. Hang on to that because we're going to come back and talk more about that. Are we done already? This, oh no, we're just halfway there. We're just oh, okay. halfway there. No, no. <laughs> okay. No, we got more to come. So thank okay. you for joining us. And this is, this is fascinating. So that I hope, uh, really dispel some of the myths out there about Yeshua's name. So anyway, we're going to come back more and talk about this. Uh, you've made it possible. Thank you for making it possible. Uh, and as Keith mentioned already, uh, your support is how this happens. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't like to mention that the sales we make and the donations you make help make this thing run. But you know what? It's life. That's the way it works. Thank you for making it possible. And uh, 
because you make that possible, other people can see it into the future. That's just the way it works. So thank you so much. We're going to give you a couple minutes to do that. We'll be right back. Well, before the break, I learned something, and maybe you did too. So, uh, Keith, you mentioned that. So, the na- the English name Jesus yeah. is is four steps removed from the original, and you illustrated that with a uh, the the, <laughs> the Keith Johnson version. It's the note. KJV. <laughs> yeah, from 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 Matthew. Yeah. So, could you read that again? I, I want to read it again. We need to get this. Yes, yeah, Scott, I really appreciate that. If there's, they used to say, if there's one thing you want to walk away with, it's this. If people can understand where Jesus came from, if they want to call him Jesus, no condemnation. Please understand who he was named after and what his name means. Now, before I read this note, I forgot to tell you one thing. In my grandma's Bible, uh, which I didn't bring this time, we used it for the name of God, pure and simple. The 1901 version, it actually is a note and it says, uh, Jesus, salvation meaning just salvation. Mm, okay. And I've actually heard a lot of people say, and I think you said if you were the Sunday school teacher, you'd say salvation. There is a word called Yeshua, which is the noun for salvation. But that is not what we're talking about here. This is, an, this is a verbal form. The name Yeshua, Yeshua being connected with Yoshia, is a, is a name of action. It's a name of, I mean, it's not just like, and again, this is where we're going to, we're going to have to probably touch the, the sacred cowl of salvation here in a little bit because we got to go into the verse again. But I want to read this, and I'm glad you gave the opportunity, and I'll say it nice and slow. In my translation of Matthew chapter 121, I would put this note. Actually, Jesus, anglicized, is the anglicized form of the Greek form, Jesus. The S determines the masculine form in Greek. That's what I didn't know. That's what really caught me. Yeah. Keep going. And here's Sorry. what's interesting. Let me stop why this is so important. When we went through those English Bibles, I think episode two, mm-hmm. and we talked about how it went from Yesu, even the English Bibles show us Greek, Yesu, Latin, Yesu, Wycliffe, you know, a, a Tyndale, first one that says S. Coverdale, Yesus. You ask, where did that happen? When did that change? It's the anglicized form of the Greek form, Jesus. The S determines the masculine form, which is Jesus, or Jesu, transliterated. That means you're taking Greek letters for a Hebrew word. You're taking the original word and you're using Greek letters. Transliterated form of the Hebrew name Yeshu. Now we showed Yeshu is like Chuck from Charlie and Charles, okay? It's a shortened form, a quick way of saying in the first century, if they were looking for him and they said Yeshu, he would know who they're talking about. Yehoshua, Yeshua, Yeshu. Yeshu. Nice. All the same thing. Excellent. Even though now, let me just say this. I hate to keep stopping, but I got to. Yeah. Uh, what they've done in making it a curse is they didn't change the name. They just came up with an, a way, an acronym for the curse. Mm. In other words, the name Yeshu existed. Someone said, oh, let's call that. May his name be you know, a cursey, uh, blotted out. So, Yeshu, which is the shortened form of Yeshua, which is the shortened form of Yehoshua, which means Yehovah saves or Yehovah will save. This means that the name Jesus is at least four steps removed from the original. Now, (laughs) I think we've pretty much covered what his name means. So if I were to ask you to review with me for a minute, Give me just a little bit of a review from what you have experienced and hopefully they've experienced in terms of 
what this means. In other words, give me kind of from who's he named after and what does it mean from what, from what we've talked so far. Okay, so Yeshua yes. it has been named after Joshua. Yes, in English. In English. Yes. Uh, there was an attempt by translators, whether deliberate or not, I don't know, that these two would be separated and there yes. would be caused some confusion there because we didn't want to connect the New Testament with the Old. Mm-hmm. Now we discover that this is how the progression happened. I wondered how that happened because I thought, well, Yeshua kind of ends with the ah. uh, with a vowel sound, and yet we have Jesus with with the yes. consonant at yeah. the end. How did that happen? And yeah. now you've just explained that, so yeah. that was news to me. Yes. So now I think I kind of get it that this is how it happened. Yeah. The one question I still have, and I don't know whether we're going to touch on this mm-hmm. or not. Some people uh, think that it's uh, a form of Zeus yes. or something yes. like this. Yes. Is that involved? So, and again, that's and again, I know there's people that are watching that probably have whole theories about that. We're going to stay away from that outside of the biblical language okay? Uh, because um, they're confused even in terms of how it's spelled. It might sound a certain way, mm-hmm. but how it's spelled is not the same. So that's left field compared yeah. to what we're doing Right, here. exactly. Okay. Well, I'm glad you actually brought it up because um, think about this. So Jesus, he gets us. And is Jesus, even the sound of it, Jesus, is that connected to Yeshu? You, it, it's, it, you see how it's a dis- mm-hmm. So then what you mm-hmm. do is the gymnastics with, he gets, and you take the U.S., <laughs> and it's us. Well, you and I, we think we should do, uh, you know, y- you should say yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, say yes okay. to Yeshua. So now, here, here, comes this, here comes the part I'm hoping we can get through where you guys will let me come back one more time. We got to deal with this issue of save. Mm. Because, again, if we're talking about meaning of name, we want to understand what does it mean that... He will save. Now, I know we're not going to have time to get into this, but if they go to Hebrew uh, Gospel Pearls, Nehemiah and I went through the differences in terms of the manuscript, and in the Hebrew manuscript, it doesn't say he will save his people. It says he will save my people. It's not his. Hmm. It's my. In fact, I think I can show this real quick. Hold this, uh, hold this up for a second. Okay. So, <clears throat> yep. I clean it down a little so to get the glare off. Ah, okay. ha, 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 ha. This, you see that line there? Yes. That little, that little faded line there? That would have been at one point for the word his. It's been erased, and it's the yud, which means my. That's text criticism. It's an example of the manuscript that when the, when the angel came, it said, and he shall save my people. And think about that. Yehovah is telling the angel to go and name him this name because my people need salvation, not his people, as if there's a separate whole group. I mean, can we talk right. about that for a yeah, second? Yeah, yeah, please. I that mean, makes not, a big that difference. That makes a huge difference. And you can get the poster in the book, but there's only 60 left. <laughs> <laughs> but let me just say this. Um, just that one little change, think about that. If it really was my people, Versus his people. And again, this is where this gets controversial. When I'm at the evangelical seminary, it's all about Christianity. There's a new religion that has replaced the cursed people from, you know, back in the Tanakh who, who, who were cursed because they killed Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can go on and on about this. I mean, and, and, and the church in some ways is coming to the place of saying, you know what, that was wrong what we've done. Even the Roman Catholic Church has come out and said, you know what? This replacement theology, we're going to have to take responsibility for where it's 
persecuted people. In fact, I just saw, uh, Scott, something really in interesting. The Pope, I don't know how I get to this. The Pope went to Canada to a Native American reservation. Pope Francis, and he, and he gets up in front of the Native American people and he says, I need to apologize. We created a Catholic school that put thousands of Native American children in this school and they were abused. Some of them were murdered mm -hmm. by, by both um, uh, the, 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 the priests and the nuns. And he basically went in to say, I'm sorry. So maybe we're gonna get to a place where not only the Roman Catholic Church, but the Protestant Church and everyone else comes to a place where they realize, you know what? We gotta come clean. And I think this issue of why not Jesus is one place where they can come clean. There has been an agenda to separate Jesus with his own people, his own theology, his own situation, his own kingdom from his father. And if we have time, we're gonna get into what he says about it, which is powerful. It clarifies it in no uncertain terms. So what does the word save mean? In Hebrew, I'm going to ask you a really simple question. I don't expect you to have the answer because I didn't have it either. Who's the first man to save someone in the same way that the same Hebrew word for save? Who's the first man that's ever saved someone? Uh, like biblically speaking, yeah. in the Bible, uh, to save someone. Hmm. Like when you think save, well, let me ask you this question. Here's a question. When you hear the word save, what's the first thing you think? To, uh, to save, a, save a life, uh, to okay, save a life, prevent but, someone from dying. Okay, but when you hear the thing, and Jesus, and he will save, does that bring any images? For me, it brings up the issue of salvation, and it's all theological, and there's a salvation, and he's saving us from, mm -hmm. we're saving us from our sins, so there's kind of like this, this, this theological thing that's going on up here. But if I ask you again, who do you think would be the first person that would ever save, what would be the first name that would come up? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. What, what came up for you? Go to Exodus, way back in the book of Exodus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Exodus. Exodus chapter 2. Okay. And I am going to tell you a story. Ah, okay. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I see where you're going with this. Never thought of this story. Okay, here we go. Exodus chapter 2. And I'm going to read, just to have a little fun here, can I read uh, starting... Um, in verse, oh, let's see. I want to read, uh, I tell you what, you read verses 11 through 15. 11 through 15. Yes. All right. Moses, a man by now, set out at this time to visit his countrymen, and he saw what, uh, what a hard life they were having. And he saw an Egyptian strike a Hebrew, one of his countrymen. Looking around, he could see no one in sight, so he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Mm -hmm. On the following day, he came back, and there were two Hebrews fighting. He said to the man, who was in the wrong? What do you mean by hitting your fellow countrymen? And who appointed you, the man retorted, to be prince over us and yes. judge? Mm -hmm. Do you intend to kill me as you kill the Egyptian? Moses was frightened. Clearly, that business had come to light. He thought when mm -hmm. Pharaoh heard of the matter, he when heard of the matter, he would have killed Moses. Mm -hmm. But Moses fled from Pharaoh mm -hmm. and made for the land of Midian. Okay, so we know something about Moses. Moses, I mean, you know, he wasn't no softy. He he took out an Egyptian. I mean, mm -hmm. he how he did it, we don't know. But he had, you know. That thing in him, whether it was internal, compassion, passion, uh, whatever it was, he rose up and he took this Egyptian out. So when we get to verse number 15, 
uh, when, when, when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the trolls to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove the seven daughters away, drove them away. And then I love what it says in Hebrew. But Moses rose. <laughs> mm. And in English, what does your Bible say? It says, but Moses came to their defense. Ah, came to their defense. Mm -hmm. Really, that's what it says. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's what my, my study Bible says. But Moses stood up and helped them. Mm. He stood up and he helped them. Now, uh, in Hebrew, the Hebrew Bible literally uses the same word, Yoshia, mm. and, but, and it's, it's grammatical, but it's a very powerful grammatical form that it uses, but it says this, Roses, uh, Moses rose up and he saved them. Mm. The same word of Yeshua shall save my people. Moses rose up and he saved them. Mm. Now, I love to use tools. In our biblical Hebrew audio course, man, I show people the toolboxes. There's a bunch of tools that you can use, even if you don't know Hebrew, where you can use these tools. And I got to tell you a funny thing. What I've noticed in the, in the, in the movement that since these, these last years, a lot of people go to like concordances, mm -hmm. like the Strong's Concordance. Yep. A concordance is a great tool, but it's not a lexical aid. A concordance lets you know where something is used. It doesn't mean the meaning of the words. So the kinds of tools that I like to use is one of them is Brown Driver Briggs Hebrew Lexicon. That's okay. one of them you can get. Another one is Hebrew Aramaic Lexicon of the Old Testament. It's called Halot. Here's what the translation is of the, the meaning of the word that Moses rose up and helped in English. Uh, what does it yours again say? It uh, uh, came to their defense. Came to their defense. It says to deliver, to save, those in peril. Hmm. Halot says to help with work. So in other words, <laughs> and listen, we're, we're literally going to scrap, we're going to open up Pandora's box here and people got to do their own study. What happens in English is that Hebrew words uh, may have more than one way that they're used. And that's why we use language, history, and context. In one context, a word can mean one thing, same word can mean something somewhere else. Now, I could argue that Yehovah told the angel, if I use English, he shall be called Yeshua for he will help my people. Sure. I could say that. Mm -hmm. He shall be called Yeshua because he will deliver my people. He shall be called Yeshua because he will save my people. He shall be called Yeshua because he's going to rescue them. He's going to get involved that way. So Moses literally was a savior to those seven daughters of the priest of Midian. And in Hebrew, if I'm reading that, I don't stop and say, controversy, where's the theology here? So you're saying Moses is the savior. In that situation, Moses was their savior. Why? Hmm. Yoshia, he saved them. I think that's pretty darn powerful. Now, again, here's the question. If that's what it meant for Moses, if that happened to Moses in, 
what did we say, Exodus? Mm -hmm. So that happened in Moses. Moses is, who wrote the Torah? Moses. He used the word Yoshia, or Yoshian, in that situation. He uses the same word. Now think of this. He, he was a savior. He saved, he helped, he delivered, he rescued them. Now he's about to go do this amazing thing. And he says, you know what? What did it take? Think about this. Think about this, Scott. What did it take in order for Moses to save those seven daughters of the priest of Midian? The shepherds came, which means more than one. Mm -hmm. Moses rose up and took them on. Moses rose up and drove them away. Moses rose up and confronted them. This is, to, to, to save is not some mamsy-pamsy theological thing here. There's practicality in the word to save. Now, mm -hmm. I get excited about that. Think about that now, first century. I'm sorry, think about that back then. Moses knows what's coming. He sees Joshua and he says, I'm gonna have to take that same word that I used for myself mm. to save. And I'm gonna have to give that name or that word to you. How does that sit with you? Wow, that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, and yeah, because, and Moses, or pardon me, and yeah, when, so Moses was basically handing off mm -hmm. the, uh, the mantle. Yeah, to exactly, he's Hosea. telling he's saying, Joshua, this is what you have to do. Now, here's where I wish we had more time, but we don't. Uh, there's a really powerful thing I want to give people. I want to give them the verses, and I okay. want them to look on their own. Hosea, the word that Joshua comes from, there's actually a lengthened word for Hosea. It's a Hosha-ya. Uh, <laughs> Hosha-ya. Nehemiah, chapter 12, verse 32. Jeremiah, chapter 42, verse 1. Jeremiah, chapter 43, verse 2. What I think is so amazing is Moses could have just said to Hosea, I'm gonna call you Hoshaya. And then maybe people could say, you see, that's why it's Yahweh. Mm. Except for what we know is Yah is always at the end. Moses said, not good enough. I don't want you to be called Hoshaya because Scott might say it's Hoshea Yahweh. I'm gonna call you Yehoshia, Yehoshua, so you never get confused about the one who's called Yehovah. Hmm. For those who watch the series, his name of God, pure and, name of God, pure and simple, we taught them that his name means he was, he is, he will be. He was a savior. Somebody's listening right now who needs salvation today. Help, deliverance, rescuing. He is a savior and Yehovah will be. That is so powerful to me. Let us not remove the meaning of his name. When he gave him that name, he didn't call him Junior. Mm. <laughs> he said, you are Yehovah who saves. You are the one who's gonna carry my name. That is the mission and the ministry of Yeshua. And the next episode, what we're gonna do, Scott, is we're gonna let Yeshua speak and it gets better. Mm. <laughs> Let him have the final word. How yes. fitting. All right. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week for Yeshua to have the final word. And we're going to learn more about this. Thank you again for joining us for this series. Keith and I appreciate you being here. And we will see you next week. Until then, Shavuot Tov. Mm -hmm.